Welcome, weary travelers, to the great big universe of Excess Press. This is a weekly podcast to bring you the news of the Disney theme parks and resorts. Witness for yourselves the wonders of Excess Press. And now, let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Excess Press. My name is Matt, and I'm the host of this Disney Theme Parks News Podcast. This is episode 123, and we are here for another episode of Disney Plus Talk. And once again, I am joined with CJ from theweeklymouse.com. CJ, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. Just excited to talk about some more Disney Plus stuff. I feel like I've watched a decent amount this past week, so... Yeah, um, same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. How's it been going for you? Uh, you know, I powered through season one of Lizzie McGuire and I just started season two. <laughs> oh, um, we watched some more Pixar shorts and of course, episode three of The Mandalorian and The Imagineering Story. Nice. Yeah. So let's talk about some of that because yeah, I want to talk about what we've been watching first. Um, actually, oh, actually, you know what? I forgot in my notes. I actually have, there was a, a small piece of Disney Plus news. Um that I did want to share. Uh, so there was something that I saw like a little small news item that came out for the Disney parks. Uh, so pretty much guests will soon be able to purchase Disney plus subscription cards at the Disney parks and the Disney stores starting November 25th, which is actually today as a recording. Today. Yeah, yeah. Monday. We're recording Monday, November 25th. So starting today, you should be able to find subscri- uh, subscription cards, uh, which retail for $69.99. Uh, and apparently there's there's only like a, a little amount. There's They're available while supplies last. So... <laughs> Um, so yeah, 70 bucks for the year, which I think is a good deal, right? I'm, I'm terrible at math. That's a pretty good deal. And you know, that's actually a really cool gift too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. If, yeah, if, if you're like, I, cause I know there's definitely a lot of people out there who, um, don't, uh, have this and uh, yeah, maybe like you have like some kids or something that might want it for, uh, Christmas or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might want to do that. So yeah, they're going to be available at the Disney parks starting today. And yeah, the math comes to about 583 per month. So yeah, you save a little, a little bit of money if you purchase those cards. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. And another thing, so I do have to mention, so, um, I kind of talked about in the past on the show. Uh, now I, I work for Verizon, which I've talked about, um, and I also helped with the enrollment process for Disney Plus with FiOS. Um, so since uh, right now Verizon has a really close working relationship with Disney and Disney Plus, uh, I just have to say that uh, all my opinions are my own and don't have any reflection on the Verizon company or the Disney company. Uh, so yeah, all the. Uh, 
All the expressions or opinions I have on the show are purely my own. So I just wanted to kind of set, say that and, and let everyone <laughs> let everyone know. So, um, all right. So yeah. So what do you make? Any any other uh, thoughts on that uh, Disney Plus subscription card news? You know, I heard it was coming out, but I didn't look into what date. And I was at the park today, and I thought, I wonder if it's out. But it was so crowded. Like, it's, you know, a couple days before Thanksgiving. It was way too crowded. I wasn't going to go hunt down to see if it was there. But when I strolled through the shops, it didn't jump out to me. So maybe it was hiding around a corner or something. Okay. Yeah, I think I remember seeing a location for this news article mm. that I found. But I, I didn't put it on there, unfortunately. So, yeah, I'm sure it yeah. is somewhere. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about, yeah, a little bit of what, what we've been watching. So Lizzie McGuire, I've never mm -hmm. seen it. Uh, so it's like, <laughs> I would imagine it, were there like how many episodes per season was that? Was that like 20 or something? The first season was like 30 or 31. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know it's been out for like two weeks. I powered through 31 episodes. Jeez. Well, I'm guessing Lizzie McGuire. I'm yeah. guessing they're like 20, 22 minutes an episode or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty short. Yeah, so you can get those uh, through pretty pretty easily. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I actually enjoy it a lot more than, than current Disney Channel shows. Like when I worked at Pinocchio's Workshop at uh, the Grand Californian, we'd have Disney Channel playing. So we saw like Camp Rock and a couple other of like the modern Disney Channel shows. They were just so bad, like. Lizzie McGuire is way better than these older shows or these newer <laughs> shows. Um, yeah, so it's entertaining. Yeah, I didn't. So surprisingly, I didn't watch too many of the Disney shows like when I was a kid. Like, I feel like I watched Boy Meets World, but I think that was more like I remember that being on the Disney Channel. But I think that was like ABC. Um, yeah. Like, even Stevens, I, I didn't watch that. Like, that was kind of like a little, I don't know, I guess a little after or after me. I don't know. I'm not sure. But, I, yeah, I didn't watch that either. So Yeah, even Stevens is pretty clever. We've watched a few episodes of it, and my husband's never seen it. Um, so I caught him, like, chuckling a couple times. <laughs> it's pretty It's pretty clever. I would I would check that one out. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to take a take a look at it soon. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so what else, uh, what else have you been watching on there? Um, Imagineering Story, the third episode, came out um, mostly about Disneyland Paris and some of the things at Hollywood Studios. Um, I I liked the episode more than the previous one. Um, I feel like in the beginning it was kind of setting up what is Imagineering and how did it start, and now it's getting into, okay, we know what Imagineering does. How are they taking it to the next level? Um, more getting into like the artistry of it as opposed to like, we're just animators trying to build a theme park. Um, so I think it's a little bit more interesting than the previous episode. No, I actually agree. Uh, this is uh, episode three is by far my favorite so far. Um, mm -hmm. And I, you pretty much like said exactly what I was thinking because now it's like, yeah, it's like they're, they're in it and like, they're just like, okay, we had this crazy idea. Like, let's do it. So, and uh, Michael, Michael Eisner and like Frank Wells, like they just like loved hearing what they had to say and like what they were coming mm -hmm. up with. Um, so uh, I do want to talk about spoilers for the Imagineering story, mostly because like, this is a real life spoiler that happened like back in the early nineties. Yeah. Can you spoil history? <laughs> yeah. So I'm just letting you guys know, like, this is real life spoilers, but like I actually, well, watching the show, I didn't know about this and it actually really shocked me. Um, 
So Frank Wells, who was the president of the Walt Disney Company, and he was pretty much uh, Michael Eisner's right-hand man. Michael Eisner was the CEO. Um, Frank Wells, he he was like a huge advocate for Imagineering. Mm-hmm. Um, and they everyone in Imagineering really loved him. But he also had like a um, kind of like a daredevil side of him. He was actually trying to like do um, go all like the biggest, like the seven summits on the seven countries continents i believe it was mm-hmm. and yeah. i think he he hit all of them besides everest uh be, only because he was he was about to do everest but they had to turn back uh because of really bad weather so he was he wasn't able to accomplish it but i had no idea that he passed away in a helicopter crash in 1994 oh, yeah. like i yeah. i didn't like like i knew the name frank wells but i didn't know how mm-hmm. important he actually was to the oh, Walt Disney yeah. company yeah, and you know, I knew that his death was coming in this documentary, and I still like I cried, <laughs> even yeah. though I knew he was gonna die. Like it was really the way that they did it was really well done, and um, you could tell that the Imagineers missed him, and that Michael Eisner missed him. Like he seemed like a really good guy. Yeah, no, it was actually like a gut punch when I watched him. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa! I no! was, I was, <laughs> I honestly was not expecting it. I mean, I didn't know yeah. the real life history behind it. And mm-hmm. uh, I I just couldn't believe it. So like yeah, as they're like talking about Frank Wells throughout the episode, I don't know. It's like I wonder like whatever happened to that guy. Like what? Like I'm sure it'll come up eventually. And I'm like, oh okay, well there it is. That's, That's all that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, do you know besides the window on Main Street? Uh, do you know where his tribute is is in Disneyland? Uh, they said it on the episode. I. Don't remember exactly where, they, so oh, you'll know better than me, so you tell us. They actually didn't say this tribute. They talked about the window, um, and they showed a little picture of the window. But in the Matterhorn, there's a crate. Um, I don't know if you've been on the Matterhorn recently. A few years ago, they redid it to have like the Skyway bucket crashed in the Matterhorn. Um, so in that little scene, there's a box that says Wells Expedition. Oh, that's really neat. Yeah. Well, apparently, <laughs> didn't it in the documentary, wasn't he like climbing? I think he was climbing up the Matterhorn. I'm sure he scaled it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he did. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I remember seeing that somewhere in the documentary. But um, <laughs> yeah, this uh, episode three was uh, really good. Um, sorry if we spoiled it for you. Um, but uh, it's, yeah, real life, real life spoiler. But um, yeah. Yeah. Episode three. Fantastic. I, I, their oof, best episode for that so far. Really enjoying it. And I can't wait for the next one because I, I looks like they're going to be talking about uh, Animal Kingdom. I think so. Yeah, I was thinking that too. And the other the other thing that stood out to me was it seemed like for the most part the Eisner Wells years that they talked about were really strong, except for Paris not doing so well. Um, but growing up, I remember all these people saying like Eisner ruined Disney, and I'm watching this documentary thinking like a lot of good things happened. Um, so maybe next episode they'll get into like the downfall of Eisner, but who knows? Yeah, maybe I'm not, I'm not sure. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, so, uh, the, uh, the Imagineering story, we've been watching that. Uh, what else, what else have you been watching on there? Um, just some old Pixar shorts, um, especially some of the ones from like the late eighties, early nineties, like my husband had never seen them. So he's like enthralled with what's going on. <laughs> we watched Tin Toy um, with the little baby, like playing with the toys, and he's like, "Oh, it's like Felix. Like that's a that's what <laughs> Felix does to his toys. <laughs> so that's that's kind of fun." Nice. Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched those in like a really long time. I gotta, I got to go back and watch them. 
Mm-hmm. It's really cool to see also um, not just how their storytelling has changed, but the animation has come leaps and bounds oh, yeah. um, from where it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I don't know if you knew, they, they did toy animation back in the day because if they did people, they would just look like plastic folks. Yeah. Like they would just look yeah. plastic. So that's why like their early so cartoons. Might as well do toys. Yeah. yeah. That's why their early car, their early cartoons were toys or not cartoons animation. So that's why they did mm-hmm. toy story as their first one, because mm-hmm. yeah, they just, they couldn't make people look real. So they, yeah, that's why they did that. Yeah. Um, neat. Uh, any, any, anything else you've been watching? That's pretty much it. Uh, what about you? Uh, so I'll, I'll start with, uh, I rewatched the frozen, uh, the first one because oh. I went to go see frozen Two. Nice. Um, I watched frozen and I didn't like it as much as I did the first time. Um, cause I like rate all of my movies on a website called letterbox.com. Hmm. Uh, and when I went to go rate frozen for this rewatch, I, the first time I watched it, I gave it like a four and a half, which was very high for me. Mm-hmm. But this time I thought it was more like a four. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I liked it. I, I remember like Olaf gave me plenty of laughs. Like he was really funny. This, uh, this, this movie, I wasn't mm-hmm. as big of a fan as frozen Two. Um, I don't know if you, did you have a chance to see it this past weekend or no? I have not. I'm probably going to wait for it to come out on Disney plus. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I liked that The visuals were really great. I just didn't like the story so much, uh, this time around. Um, and yeah, I just, the songs weren't as like fun or as like catchy. Like, honestly, don't remember any of the songs that came out. Like I, I just didn't like, like, for example, I watched La La Land, like when that came out, like I was mm-hmm. singing, uh, there's a song called City of Stars. Like I was like all over it. I was singing it all of, all the time, but like, I don't remember anything about this one. So, mm-hmm. and it's not like, uh, it, there's no like, let it go to me. There's no like build a snowman. There's just That's like. That's so interesting. Cause yeah. I feel like the, the songwriters are the same from the first yeah. one, right? Yeah. yeah. And they, they produce hit after hit after hit. So that that's surprising to me yeah none of the songs like did anything for me like it's just mm. it was it was it was okay so yeah yeah so i watched that and then remember i talked about i was going to check out that pixar in real life show? oh yes yeah yeah so that was i don't know if they came out with any more but that was like a five minute like kind of like s- sketch show where mm-hmm. did you see it or no we saw the first one okay yeah the, so the first one it was like um uh, inside out in real life where mm-hmm. It was kind of cool. People were controlling this panel in like Washington Square Park, I think it was in New York City. And uh, as people were controlling the emotions of like these actors that are like performing in the in the park, it was actually really funny. I enjoyed it. So it reminded me a little bit of Impractical Jokers, yeah. how they just like do pranks in the park. I'm like this is kind of like the Disneyfied version of that. Yeah. No. Definitely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was good. Uh, just continue watching uh, Star Wars Rebels, uh, which is the animated cartoon show that takes place between episode three uh, and episode four of Star Wars. So that is very good. Um, almost done with season three. Uh, and then the last thing I want to mention is I've been watching. Uh, I love Gordon Ramsay, the chef. Um, oh, yeah. So he has a show that was on National Geographic uh, called Gordon Ramsay Uncharted. Uh, I watched the first episode last night. Awesome. Really, really great show. If you like uh, cooking and seeing what other cultures eat and drink, like it's it's fascinating. So I kind of like a quick, like just a quick thing about the show. Um, pretty much the premise is that Gordon Ramsay goes to 
um, just different parts of the world. He meets up with like a, a very famous chef from like that lives in the area and cooks like with all like the natural ingredients and stuff like that. So for this first episode, oh yeah, yeah, it's cool. I know so, that show. Yeah. yeah. So the first episode, he goes to Peru uh, to the um, what is it? It's blanking my name. Something Valley, uh, Uncanny Valley. No, that's not it. It's <laughs> it's blanking my mind. Anyways, it's about like. <laughs> It's about 10,000 feet in elevation. It's very high up. So, like, the food just tastes different over there. The fruits are a lot sweeter. So, like, he's learning from the locals, like, all these different cooking techniques. Uh, and then at, at the end of the show, he does have, like, a, he has, like, a small kind of cooking competition with the local chef. And then he sees, like, who, like, who, like, he, they bring in the people that he talked through throughout the episode. And they kind of, like, see whose food they like best, like Gordon Ramsay's or the chefs that they work with. So... Um, very good. I like it. About 45 minutes per episode. Um, so that was, yeah, that was a uh, Gordon Ramsay Uncharted. Really like that one. Nice. And now that you've described it, I've, I think I've shown an episode of that when I taught cultural geography a few years ago. Oh, I really? like to, <laughs> yeah, I like to have the, my students like look up things about food from the countries we're studying. So I'm pretty sure I showed an episode of that. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. No, I love watching like the cooking shows like that. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's, yeah, I love it. So yeah, really, really good. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's all I've been watching. And uh, besides the Mandalorian, which we're going to talk in depth uh, today. So any, any other things you've been watching on Disney plus? That's pretty much it. All right. Sounds good. So yeah, let's kind of dive in to the Mandalorian. So again, we're going to do a big spoiler discussion on the Mandalorian. So if you haven't seen it, uh, I would just kind of stop listening and go watch it and come back. Or if you don't care about spoilers, hey, stick around. We're going to talk all about it. So um, so before we get into spoilers, uh, what were your overall thoughts about this episode? This episode had me on edge the whole time. It was so suspenseful. Like, it was so good. Like, it kind of reminded me of... When you're playing a video game and you're like slowly getting to the final boss level <laughs> and, you, and you have to like have all these little fights to get there. Like that's what it reminded me of. Um, yeah, it was it was really good. Oh, that's a good analogy. I like that. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I agree. This was like very well directed. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think like I talked about how much I love the second episode. Uh, I think I still like that one a bit more. But this one was just this was fantastic. Great episode mm-hmm. all around. Really enjoyed it. Uh, we got to learn a lot more about the about Mando himself and a bit more of the Mandalorian culture. Um, and then we got, uh, yeah, just some very, actually very suspenseful moments, like you said. Uh, you're just like, oh, man, what is like, what's going to happen? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, really, yeah, really big fan of this episode overall. So, um, but yeah, so I said I, I thought this was another well-directed episode. So this, this episode... Uh, was directed by Deborah Chow. Um, now, what's interesting about her is like she's directed a lot of TV shows uh, throughout the years, but she's actually in charge to direct the entire uh, Obi Wan series that's coming out on Disney Plus uh, in the future. Oh, cool! Yeah, so I don't know if you knew that at all, but yeah, so I didn't even know there was an Obi Wan series coming out. So. What? <laughs> remember i am like new to this whole star wars thing so it it was announced at d23 though come on okay but i was only there for one day and i went to the parks panel so oh man killing me cj (laughs) killing me we got you got to start watching some more star wars yeah i know yeah 
um, now that you got Disney Plus, you don't have an you don't have an excuse. You got to do it. So yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited because like everyone is pumped for the Obi Wan series that's coming out that stars Ewan McGregor. Uh, but yeah, so Deborah Chow uh, directed this episode, which was titled uh, the, the, sin. "The Sin." The Sin, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, speaking of the title, so I feel like that kind of meant like a lot of different things. This episode, I feel like it wasn't like it, it's kind of left up to interpretation of like what the sin actually was. Like, what, what did you? What do you think? I was actually really confused as to why they called it the sin because it seems like. By calling it the sin, they're referencing one specific moment, but I can't quite figure out which moment they're going for. Yeah. Now there's there's a few that you could like like think about in this episode. The the main my main guess would be Mando handing over Baby Yoda, which we'll get to. Um, but that's kind of what I think. I mean, I feel like that was the biggest. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't even know if you call it a sin. He's just doing a job. It's not really. I don't know. So that's the title kind of confused me. Maybe because he knows in his heart it's not the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. No, that's hmm. possible. So yeah, let's. Uh, we'll definitely talk about that more when when we get to it. Um, but yeah, so it sounds like we we enjoyed it overall. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, let's kind of like dive right into this episode. Um, so it kind of starts off with uh, Mando returning back to the planet, which I don't think has a name. At least it's never been said. Mm-mm. Yeah. So he is with Baby Yoda. But um, I just love the intro to this with like Baby Yoda just climbing out of the basket and <laughs> just like going to play with that like switch. He turns off the mm-hmm. knob. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and Mando's like annoyed with him. Um but then later he like recalls that as an endearing moment. And it reminded me so much of my son. Like he does these weird, annoying things. And then during the day I think about it, I'm like, Oh, I miss him. <laughs> <laughs> That's like exactly what I got from that. Whole, yeah. uh, that, that story part right there. Yeah. No, that was, yeah, that was a cute little moment. And like, I, for some reason I was just thinking he was going to like pull it, and like have it go to light speed when like Mando oh. <laughs> didn't want to. Like that's what I was thinking. I was fresh off a uh, galaxy's edge or Smuggler's Run a few weeks ago, so that's what I'm thinking when I see a lever on a spaceship. Uh-huh. It's going to go to light speed. Yep. Um, but yeah, so then he gets a message saying that he's got to return uh, the the package directly over to the the client or the Imperial loyalist, which you could call him. Um, so yeah, pretty much he touches down on planets and uh, he heads over uh, to that, I guess that like secret bunker to to go kind of hand baby Yoda yeah. over. And there is something that I caught on the second time I watched this. Because remember when he steals the baby back and everybody's trackers are going off? How come it didn't, like, that didn't happen when he arrived there initially? Um, that is, uh, you know, that's actually a good question. Um, like, it just didn't, it's a, it's a not up because, so, you know, he goes to the bar and he's like, well, how many people are tracking him? And the guy's like, well, everybody is. Um, I don't know. Like, I just watched it again and I was like, wait a minute. If yeah. everybody's tracking him, shouldn't all their trackers be going off? So I did want to bring this up um, because I don't understand. To be honest, I don't know how those key fobs or those fobs, whatever you call them, I don't understand how they work. So, right. So, like, is does Baby Yoda have a like a tracker on him? Um, like, Hmm. Originally, uh, in like the first episode, the the, tr- the he had to use a key fob for that first guy that he that he mm-hmm. found. 
Um, so it's like, do these people have trackers on them? Like, I just don't understand like how they exactly find them. Like, what is that key fob connected to? Yeah, um, that's true. I don't, I don't know either. Yeah. But you, they, I didn't even think about it, but you brought up a really great point. It's like, okay, well the client's key fob or I, I'm calling it key fob. I don't know what, <laughs> like, what do they call it in the show? They just call it like a fob? Isn't it like a tracker fob or tracking fob? Tracking fob. All right. Maybe we should call it tracking fob. Cause I don't want to mix anything up. So. Yeah, so you brought up a great point. I don't understand, like, yeah, why would his be going off and why wouldn't the others? So, mm-hmm. yeah, just the, that just really doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it really bothered me the second time through. I was like, this is a plot hole, like a loophole that doesn't uh, make sense. Yeah, if, if any of the listeners out there, if you guys have any thoughts on, like, what this could be or, like, how exactly it works, hey, let us know. Shoot us an email over at matt at excesspresspodcast.com yeah, and let us know. Um. So yeah, so he, so Mando goes in and is handing over uh, Baby Yoda to the client and Doctor uh, Persing, mm-hmm. and oh my god, my heart broke. Oh, I know because when like they, when he started, when Baby Yoda started like going away, they were like gruff with him. You yeah, know, they, like, he had, pulled his little crib. Yeah, oh, and so he had sad. like a little whine, like he's oh, just I like know. whine a little bit and like turns his head. I'm like, oh, oh. No. Like I just, I literally just rewatched it before we record it. We're recording, and I'm just like, "Oh, that's just so sad." It is so yeah. sad. The the t-shirts are on sale right now, and I'm like, I have to buy one. I just want so much Baby Yoda in my life. <laughs> but yeah, so sad, and I was just like, "Oh man." Um, mm-hmm. So then, uh, Mando he he asked uh, the client like, "Hey, uh, what are, what are you gonna do with him?" And uh, apparently, that's breaking the code. Yeah, that that is mm-hmm. a big no no. So what did you yeah. make of this? Yeah, um, well, he got that huge reward, which is, like, great for Mando. But, yeah, you know what? Maybe that's a sin. He took the money and didn't do the right thing. Uh, That could be true. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. um, Yeah, yeah, they kept bringing up, like, the guild and the code and all this stuff. Um, That was was a really big theme that kept coming up this episode. Yeah. No, yeah, he broke the code, apparently, which he didn't have any consequences then, but... Uh, I thought mm-hmm. it was a really great performance and speech by Werner Herzog, who plays the client. I was like, yo, this guy is, this guy means business. You don't want to mess with him. Yeah, there are a couple of really good moments like that. Like, I almost want to call them soliloquies. They were just, like, really well written. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's, I'm going to see if I can find the audio for it and try to play that scene in this episode, uh, if it's not there, I apologize. I couldn't find it. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, yeah, great scene by Werner Herzog over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, pretty much he yeah he gets paid in the Beskar steel. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's in it's in this big like kind of carrying case or something like that. Um, and so I I heard a really weird and obscure fact about that case. Um, I don't have it in my notes. I completely forgot to put it in, but I was listening to uh, this the the podcast the Slash Film Daily. They uh, do uh, uh, like kind of recording of the uh, Mandalorian as well as so they kind of do their own thoughts. Um, and there's this guy who works for like StarWars.com. He's like very very knowledgeable. Um, but pretty much that case that has that is carrying the Beskar steel. So apparently there's like a legend uh, in the Star Wars universe. Where there is this guy uh, in the background of an Empire Strikes Back. Everyone's like evacuating Cloud City. Did you see Empire Strikes Back or no? 
At some point in my life, I've seen it. Okay. All right. So pretty much all, all these people are evacuating Cloud City. And there's like a quick shot of some guy like grabbing this case and like running off. Uh-huh. And apparently he became like a legend. So um, I, I forget the guy's name. I don't have a, enough background information. Um, I'll link that podcast in the show notes if anyone wants to, to listen to that. But yeah, he was talking about how he's like a legend in the Star Wars community. Uh, apparently people dress up as him as like at Comic Cons and stuff like that. But so that case is the same kind of case that he like kind of grabbed or like looted in like as like everyone is escaping on Cloud City and Empire Strikes Back. So uh, I'm going to be watching it in a few weeks. So I'm going to have to keep an eye out for it. Nice. So, cool. Yeah. So just like a really weird piece of like Easter egg uh, from, mm-hmm. from Star Wars. So yeah. Uh, so that is that. Um all right, so now he has Mando has the best car steel, and he he the best car steel, and brings it back to the armor. So we learned that we get a lot of information uh, mm-hmm. about the Mandalorians here. So mm-hmm. um, before I kind of yeah. get into my spiel about stuff, I want to know your thoughts and kind of what you made of the, the 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 following scene. Well, this was another the the female Mandalorian. Um, she gave. What I thought, what I'm going to call a soliloquy, a really great soliloquy that was like super intense, super serious. And the quote that she said, this quote, our secrecy is our survival. Our survival is our strength. Like that just tells you a lot about the Mandalorians. Like they don't want to be seen. Um, They feel like if they come out, like if they come out in numbers, they're going to be in trouble. Um, But the fact that they're surviving like that's just you know keeps them that's their strength strength in numbers but they can't come out in numbers um so i think that uh gives us some background about mando's personality a little bit um and then they kept saying this is the way this is the <laughs> way it's kind of like a cult a little bit yeah well i mean there's just they're they're really tight-knit i mean they're mm-hmm. this they're they're a group of people who which we kind of found out so i, I talked about in the first episode with the very minimal background I knew of the Mandalorians, how the Empire uh, kind of tried to wipe them out, and they mm-hmm. state that clearly in in that scene mm-hmm. that the yeah the 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 Empire tried to wipe them out. That's why like the Mandalorians are in hiding, and it seems like they can only go out one at a time, which is one of them said. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I guess uh, I just don't understand why they're all hiding. But I think you just kind of made a good point about their code, which you just quoted. So. That makes sense. If they think uh, they have to be stay hidden for to survive, I guess it, that's what why they're that's why they're all in hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it also confuses me because like it seems like the, the the empire is no more, but like the imperial loyalists they're in hiding as well. So it's like mm-hmm. why do why do the Mandalorians like, need to keep hiding? Right, they're like both hiding from each other, kind of. Yeah. Um, but I think that female Mandalorian kind of flipped out a little bit because the Beskar steel had the empire's insignia on it. Um, well, it wasn't, it wasn't her. It was that guy that like jacked up Mandalorian. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He yeah. was upset. So yeah, they got into like a fight and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the, yeah, that's when they got in a fight and that's when the armor kind of settles them down and gives them the, uh, the pet talk and about how they need to stick together. And right, right, right. yeah. Um, so to me, it's so actually a pretty cool thing that I don't think I've ever seen on screen before. 
Um, but did you notice the anything special about the blades that the two Mandalorians were using uh, in the in the fight? I did not. Okay, I'm trying to think back, and nothing's standing out to me. Okay, so they were they were vibrating. Um, oh, they're so they're actually called vibro uh, vibro blades. Uh, hmm. V i b r o blades, vibro blades, um, and that's just like I've I've used them in like video games before, and like I know they're part of like the Star Wars lore, but I don't. As far as I can remember, I don't think I've ever seen them in like a Star Wars movie. So watching it, I'm like, oh man, are those vibro blades? Like, because they, I just saw that they were vibrating, and I just, I don't know. So I I double checked it, and yeah, that's what those things were. So oh, cool. Um, yeah, just a just a neat little thing that I enjoyed another little Star Wars Easter egg from <laughs> the vast Star Wars universe <laughs> yes no definitely <laughs> uh, yeah so we, we we found out a little bit more about the Mandalorian uh, in this mm -hmm. scene and oh yeah they did that whole flashback thing again with the armor yeah the the armor uh, and yeah pretty much like kind of beat for beat with the first episode a little bit mm -hmm. uh, but it was showing a bit more of what happened um, so right before that scene he he told the armor that he wanted to make sure he reserved money for the foundlings um, and I'm assuming that he was once a foundling and a foundling was most likely like an orphan that's uh, mm -hmm. that's what I would assume that's oh yeah that, that sounds like it makes sense yeah yeah, so that's uh, that. That's what I was thinking when I watched this. I was like, okay, he must be, he must be a foundling as well. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, so he wanted to make sure that they got money for that, and then yeah, that's when we found out um, that uh, yeah, his parents died in like a, an explosion. I mean, we didn't see them die on camera, but we can uh, we can mm -hmm. assume that's that's what happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, so any any last thoughts on that scene cuz yeah, we found a good we found out a lot about the the Mandalorian culture uh mm -hmm. in that in that in those scenes. Um there is a part where he was told he earned the signet but he didn't want it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, like he was helped by an enemy so he didn't think he deserved it or something like that. Yeah, so Mandalorians they get a signet on their mm -hmm. armor um and he was they were going to take the told the armor told them to take the mud horn but yeah he it was not a clean kill so he couldn't he couldn't do it right and so instead he wanted the whistling bird was that what it was called no so i i at first i was actually confused at what it was uh -huh. so i thought she was going to give him like a whistling bird signet uh -huh. but then like realizing later on it's like oh no he she meant like the weapon she was just right, giving yeah. him the whistling bird weapon which we'll get to mm -hmm. uh, a little bit later mm -hmm. um but yeah, so he does not have a signet, unfortunately. So maybe in the future, who knows? But I think, yeah, I think the series is going to wrap up with him getting that. Because I feel like they made kind of a big deal out of it. Yeah, no, I think so, too. I think so, too. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the, so then after that, I think that was, I think that's all the notes that I had there for yeah. those scenes. Mm -hmm. um, so that's when Mando decides to roll back over into the cantina with his brand new shiny armor. Mm -hmm. uh, and he and he speaks with grief about getting his next jobs, and grief is like, listen, you gotta take a vacation. Uh, <laughs> hey, why don't we go to the twi the Twi'lex baths and uh, maybe show you a good time? Um, did you understand that reference at all? Because I chuckled at it. I did not. No. Okay, so so Twi'leks are you've probably seen them. 
Uh, there are species, uh, the females are widely known for having like two long appendages like growing out of the tops of their head. Um, <laughs> but they're they're mostly uh, from their planet. I forget the name of their planet, but they're the, they're usually like exported as slaves. Um, oh. So they're so when I say Twi'lex bats, yeah, I think you kind of know what I'm getting yeah, at for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's not interested. He's no, like, he's not. Yeah. just give me my next job. Like yeah. he's he's all business. Exactly. Yeah, he is. He's all business, and uh, he mm-hmm. yeah. And it also uh, grief shows him that uh, Mandalorian was the Mando. Mando was not the only person to get Beskar steel, but he got a couple pieces as well, and uh, mm-hmm. that'll come in handy later on. So we'll get there. Um, so yeah, so I think that was, um, so yeah, any, anything stand out in particular to you, uh, in that scene at all? Uh, well, Mando asks like, what are they doing with the kid? And he's like, well, I don't know. Like, I'm not allowed to know. Um, and then I think Mando said something about the empire because, um, grief was insisting the empire is gone. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. And then that also confused me because he got paid, presumably by the same people who paid Mando. So is he like lying about thinking no, I th- that I mean, he, no, he's right. I mean, the, the, the empire is gone, but there's okay. still what I am calling a, a imperial loyalists okay. um, or empire loyalists. Um, so it's like people who still believe in the cause, but like the empire is, is definitely no more, but it also seems like, um, the New Republic is forming, but the Mandalorian also had that one-off joke saying, like, what a joke, or what a, he said something, he's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he kind of yeah, blew it off. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah because uh, Grief was like, yeah, why don't you just turn him into the New Republic? He's like, "What?" I, I wish I remember what he said. It was a really good line. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was just kind of like, yeah, whatever, I'm not going to do that. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, so he picks his next bounty job, basically. Um, yep. And he gets back to the ship, and that little knob that Baby Yoda is playing with is yeah. gone. Yeah. And he just changes his mind. You know, he's... Yeah, it I was... think this is another example of the actor doing a really good job at portraying what he's thinking without saying anything. Because you can tell he's like, should I go back? Should I keep moving forward? Should I go back? Um, and he makes up his mind, like... I got to go get the baby. Yeah, no, I totally, totally agree. I thought this was mm-hmm. another just touching scene, just mm-hmm. uh, going back to the first scene of the episode with Baby Yoda. Uh, I can't, Baby Yoda is just so dang cute. I just like, I can't I deal know. with it. Like rewatching this episode again, it's like, oh, I just love him so much. I just, mm-hmm. I want it. I want it. Mm-hmm. I've never wanted <laughs> anything so badly. Anyway, sorry. Well, if I, if I see Baby Yoda stuff, maybe I'll send something to you. But oh, so far... Yes. I haven't seen anything. I feel like park, they, so. I feel like the parks have to get some good stuff sometime soon. So I know it's it's probably coming. Yeah, I've seen some T-shirts on like BoxLunch.com, mm-hmm. but it's like nothing, anything crazy. So yeah, um, yeah. So, anyways, um, but yeah, real real touching moment there. And then um, uh, he that's when he decides. He's like, so it sounds like okay. I'm gonna go back. I gotta go. I gotta go get him. I gotta go get mm-hmm. Baby Yoda. I gotta get my sidekick, my uh, my little cub. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and he's you know walking through the street. It's super dark, and then he sees the crib in like the trash can or I like know. the dumpster. I was so sad. I was like, "What happened to Yoda? I was like, where is he?" Yeah, that was uh, that was super sad. Wait, uh-huh. in my in my notes, uh, 
before I watched it the second time on my notes, I didn't have that in. Uh, and then I watched it the second time, like, oh, the crib, that's right. That makes it even sadder. It's like yeah. Mando's like, he's probably thinking, he's just like, yo, I'm pissed. Like, mm-hmm. this I is am, not okay. It is not okay. I'm done with this. So that's when mm-hmm. he uses like a like a scope or um, something in, maybe in his helmet to uh, kind of hear a conversation that's happening between the client mm-hmm. and Dr. Dr. Persing. Mm-hmm. Um and he says that they need to extract the necessary material uh, from him. So, CJ, like, what do you think they might be talking about? I think they're trying to get, like, the DNA or whatever it is that carries the force so they can study it and spread it to people who don't have the force. Yeah, so that was that was honestly my original thinking, too. But <laughs> there's kind of a hole in, in that. Um but I, I, I still think it could be true. So hear me out. So, okay. uh, have you heard of the term midi chlorians? I think he brought it up last episode. Uh, did they say or the first one? Did I bring it up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So midi chlorians are. If I didn't explain it well enough last time, they're pretty much like um, microscopic life forms that are intelligent that live inside of pretty much all living things. Um, so like any person could have midichlorians inside of them, but sometimes people just have like a larger midichlorian count than others. Um, Mm -hmm. so if you have like a very large amount, uh, that means like the host will be a lot more force sensitive. So that means like baby Yoda, he's force sensitive. So he has a very high midichlorian count. Mm -hmm. Um, but midichlorians live in everyone. So that means everyone has it. And I assume that you could just like kind of take it from anyone. Um, but I, I assume again, I, I probably Yoda has a lot, so mm-hmm. maybe they're just like, oh, we can extract midichlorians. Uh, that's, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you. That's kind of my only guess in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, I, I mean, I don't see what else they could possibly be trying to extract from him. So, yeah. And then, you know, when he eventually sees baby Yoda, they're like scanning him. So that would make sense. Yeah, and I mean, I don't. They're trying to kill him pretty quickly, so it's not like they're trying to keep him around, right? At all. So it's like I don't know if they're trying to like create more of the species. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I yeah, I, I I feel like that might be the best way. They're just trying to get that midichlorian count. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so that was that. So that's we heard that conversation, and that's why he's like, "All right, I'm going to kick this door in and take some heads." So <laughs> yeah. Man, that was that whole, like, from the time he opened or kicked open the door to the time he gets Baby Yoda, that was so tense because there, like, really wasn't any music or sound effect. Like, it was just quiet, and you could tell there were stormtroopers lurking around, but you don't know when they're going to pop out. Yeah. Uh, It was really well done. Yeah, he was, like, stealthily, like, taking Mm -hmm. out each of the the stormtroopers. There was some really great, like, hand-to-hand fight sequences. One of my favorite Mm -hmm. parts is, like, he had, like, a, I guess, like, a string and a hook, and he, like, yanks back (laughs) one of the stormtroopers. (laughs) Uh, That was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so he did that, and that's when he comes across uh, Dr. Persing. Uh, and, uh, Dr. Persing kind of convinces us not to harm him. Cause he's like, listen, he'd be dead, uh, if it wasn't for me. Right. Um, so yeah, baby Yoda is underneath some sort of uh machine and it looks like he was about to get like injected with something by that, like droid that was kind of hanging up in the air. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I don't. I just assume the machines is doing some kind of scanning of his body and just maybe checking out midi chlorians. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Mando just kind of takes. Uh, he spares Persing's life and just kind of like yeah, walks out silently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, then um, yeah, what else, what what happened after that? We get to uh, uh, something that happened earlier in the episode. It was a it was a nice callback to that. Yeah, he runs into more stormtroopers, and he's, like, trying to fight them while holding Baby Yoda, which was, uh, that was interesting. And then he's surrounded by those four, um, and he's like, all right, let me just put the baby down. And then he totally kicks their butts. Well, he used the, uh, he used the whistling birds. Right, yeah, the new, yeah. the new weapon. Yeah, yeah. so the, the first time I watched it, I'm like, oh, whistling birds. Okay, I got it, I got it now, mm-hmm. so... Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty, pretty neat to see there. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then he was done in there and then that's when, uh, we get the next, uh, awesome action sequence. sequence. Yeah. He walks out and he's, you know, walking pretty confidently, but you can tell by the way, I don't know. I don't know how you can tell, like, he's just so good at his actions. You can tell that he's realizing, Oh, I'm in trouble here. Like, this is not going to be so easy, you know? Um, that's when everybody's trackers start going off slowly and he realizes, oh crap, I'm surrounded by people who want baby Yoda. Yeah, well, that's that's another thing that confused me again because like the, the tracking fobs start going off again. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, they're all going off. So again, like, how do they work? So it's... Yeah. Um, so that's like one of my one complaints of the show. I just really want to know exactly what's like, what are the rules behind these key fobs? So, or mm-hmm. tracking fobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like a Western style type fight scene. Yeah, um, like he's walking down the alleyway and people are staring at him with their guns ready. <laughs> yep. It was really well done. Um, and I, I like how he jumped in that little car and like trusted the droid to drive him. Um, yeah. Yeah, because in the first episode, he's like, no droids. Um, but this time he realized, like, I got to go. Like, I have to use this droid. I have to go. Yeah. No, that was, uh, that was, that was yeah, that was good. Bringing that back to the first episode where he was like, no droids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was neat. So, yeah, that was a really fun uh, just kind of action sequence. Um, Gri- Griff, before the, the action started, Griff was trying to, like, talk him off the, the edge of making this mistake and how he broke mm-hmm. the code and how he's his only way out of this uh, alive um so then yeah pretty much mando like gets some stuff in uh in a sticky situation um so during this like entire sequence i'm like okay what like what is gonna happen because i i knew he was gonna like there was gonna be like a deus ex machina that was gonna happen um to just kind of like save the day do you know what i mean when i say day uh deus ex machina Mm mm-hmm you don't know what it, you don't know what it means. No, you can make fun of me later. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't, but it goes back to I think like Greek mythology um, and how they wrote plays. Pretty much like a Deus Ex Machina is um, where a, a plot device comes in to like resolve something very easily. Oh, easily, okay. where okay. it's like it, it's. It, usually in writing it's not like a good thing to do and that means like the author's like there's a lack of creativity 
uh, on their part and it's just like okay, okay. we're gonna we're just gonna put this in here and we're gonna have the mandalorians we're gonna come in and save the day you know what i mean on our jetpacks on yeah. our jetpacks yeah <laughs> so that's what that's what like a day sex mocking is so like that's what i'm okay, thinking the okay. first time i watched the episode i'm like all right well something i something's gonna come in where he gets saved at the last minute luckily i didn't think the mandalorian so like once those mandalorians came in i'm like yo that is awesome. It was really cool. I really enjoyed that a lot. Just having them all come in on like their jetpacks and shooting in and pew pew and uh, uh, yeah, that was that was that was really neat. So, uh, what'd you what'd you make of that? Yeah, I you know I did feel like it was a little bit cheap. I'm like they just got over saying we only come out one at a time, and there they all are flying in the air, like out in the open, clearly. Um, and then I think they said, this is the way. And they're all like, the way. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they showed that kind of brotherhood uh, angle again. Well, yeah, because Mando, Mando was like to the, it, that big bulky guy came out with his like really cool like repeater gun that was just mm-hmm. like a machine gun. Um, he said to him, I was like, hey, listen, you're going to have to relocate. Like, I forget what he said, relocate something, but like they have to relocate the Mandalorians. And then mm-hmm. the big guy was like, yeah, this is this is the way. And then Mando mm-hmm. repeated that as well. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, just a really, really cool scene. Very fun. Um, so Mando, yeah, he's trying to escape, uh, but he's almost stopped by Grief, who is just kind of waiting uh, on board. Yeah, but, yeah sneaky. Yeah, but Mando's just uh, way too clever for him. So what happened there? Yeah, so he like turns on the fog or the steam or whatever and uh, kind of fools him and, and shoots him. Um, you know, I initially thought he was dead, but that Beskar saved him. Yeah, the Beskar still came back in the play. So. Yes, it did. Um, and, you know, my other thought was maybe the sin was referring to this part. Um, but I'm not I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know either. I think it's yeah left up for interpretation. It's uh, yeah, it could be anything. So mm-hmm. um, actually, so so I think my my least favorite moment of this episode is when the the Mandalorian was like <laughs> flying by yes. on the outside. Yes, that was so cheesy. Yeah, oh my I was gosh. like, all right, and like yeah, I, I've never seen like in video games or cartoons. I've never seen Mandalorians able to fly like using their jetpacks that way i don't think i've ever seen anything like that ridiculous honestly it reminded me of like an old superman comic book where people are in a plane and they're in trouble and superman is like i'll save you and salutes the passengers out the window like that's that's what i was thinking of it's like this is just so ridiculous i yeah, I didn't like that part either. Yeah, I was not a fan. I was like, this cheesy. They saluted to each other, or yes. at least one of them saluted. I'm like, oh, all right, chill out, chill out. Yeah. That was like, I was like, all right, that's dumb. I don't, I'm, yeah, I was, so I was not a fan of that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish they let, like, they, they left it between the two of them. They said, this is the way. Like, they they knew in that moment that, that they were, like, brothers again or whatever, and it was a really passionate, not, well, I shouldn't say, not the, passionate is not the right word, a very uh, heartfelt moment between them, like, that was great, and then when that guy flew by, I'm like, all right. This <laughs> is over the top. That, that'll do, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so then that was, uh, the, well, before we get to, before I say that's the end of the episode, it's, uh, you got Baby Yoda back on oh, board. his little hand comes the, up yeah. so you and he's like all right here's your toy you can play with it yeah <laughs> that was so cute 
Yeah. So, um, so that, yeah, that happened. So yeah, that was the episode. So I, again, I loved it. So, I mean, what happens now? So what do you have any speculations or thoughts about like where this episode is or where the show is going to be going now? I think grief is going to be chasing him. Um, there's going to be I a think, lot of people chasing him. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Well, I think grief's going to be or grief's going to be in trouble with the people who paid him because he thought or they thought the job was over and now it's you know, it's it's not over anymore. Um, so there's going to be multiple people chasing multiple people. I my prediction and I don't know if this is totally off base here. I think they're going to go back to the planet they were on and enlist the help of the Ugnot. Yeah, so uh, that was one of the things I was thinking of. Like there's a there's a couple ways I think this could go. One of them is like okay, go back to the Ugnot, but it's like what does the Ugnot really have to offer him anymore? Like he kind of left in peace with the guy. It's like why bother the Ugnot anymore? Um, that's true. I just, I think he's such a, like a grandfatherly figure. Um, like the wise old man, you know, that maybe he'll at least have some advice or something. I, I don't know. My, I mean, my other thing is like, there's, he's going to need help because he's all Mm -hmm. alone right now. And I don't Mm -hmm. know, he doesn't want to probably risk the Mandalorians, but maybe there's, we're going to be introduced to new characters out there where, He's going to try to get the help from them. It's like, listen, like, what can I do? Or like, he's going to have to go somewhere to go in like hiding. Um, But who is he going to bring baby Yoda to? Like, who's going to take the responsibility of that? So, I mean, he'll, I mean, he'll have the responsibility, but it's like, what are people going to do with baby Yoda? So Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think he's going to go to the Ugnot. I mean, it is a possibility, um, but I feel like he's going to, go back to some friends that we just haven't been introduced to yet. That's, uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking. You think he has friends? Um, maybe not friends, but like acquaintances, like maybe okay. like he's worked jobs with someone before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but probably not friends. Yeah. I think acquaintances is probably the better mm-hmm. word to use. Um, yeah, I, I agree. He needs, he needs help. He's, he's in a bad place right now. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think that's why I was thinking he'd go back to the Ugnot. But hey, you never know. Could be somebody new coming up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My uh, my friend actually brought up a good point for this episode. Uh, well, not really a good point, but it was uh, similar to an, an, another movie that came out in the past couple of years. Uh, have you watched any of the, the John Wick movies? No. Okay. So kind of, I guess it's kind of a spoiler for John Wick 2. Uh, but this kind of same scenario happens in uh, the movie John Wick 2 where this guy is it's like everyone turns against him and it's like it ends in the exact same way. It's like all these people are trying to get him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just it was kind of cool because that's one of my like favorite movies. Uh, it's it's really good. Anyway, so I just want to say those parallels that my <laughs> friend my friend had brought up to me. Um but yeah, I mean, I think I think we're it's things are getting really exciting now. Um, mm-hmm. We have solidified the awesome relationship of Lone Wolf and Cub um, hanging out uh, together. So we're gonna get tons of Baby Yoda time. We didn't get enough. Yeah. We didn't get. We did not get enough 
uh, this episode. So I can't wait to see what he's up to on next week's episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It should be a fun one. Yeah. Now I, I am pumped. So, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think I have any final thoughts. Again, this was just uh, another just great episode. I can't wait for this, uh, this the upcoming episode on Friday. Um, luckily, I'm I'm probably gonna watch that right when I wake up in the morning. Because um, luckily, I have the day off from work from Black Friday, so that'll be nice. Just check nice. that one out. So, uh, yeah. So any um any any last thoughts for you about this episode? Um, one thing we didn't talk about was they all called him Mando. Did you yes. notice that? Yeah, they, they said did. like, "Hey, Mando!" Like yeah. that's just his name. So maybe that is his name, or <laughs> maybe that's his nickname. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't remember if they call. I haven't watched the first episode since it came out, but I, maybe they called him Mando in the first episode. I don't remember. I don't remember either. But um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, they called him Mando a lot. So. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Well, I think that is going to kind of wrap it up for our spoiler discussion and our talk about Disney+. Plus. Um, so, yeah, so that is it. So let's get out of here for today. So, CJ, tell everyone where they can find you. I am on Instagram at The Weekly Mouse and theweeklymouse.com. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, uh, go find her over there. So, but, yeah, that is going to wrap it up for this episode if you're not subscribing to the podcast already uh please do so on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify stitcher pretty much however you listen to podcasts uh i talked about it on the last show uh i am looking for more cast members to be on the show so if you guys know anyone or have any friends that would like to be on let me know uh cj hey if you know anyone let me know Um, i will yeah so you're uh, this is going to be the only other episode that uh, you guys are going to be getting this week. Uh, I'm just, again, I'm trying to get my uh, just things in order in my life, especially with the holidays uh, coming up. It's just yeah, a little, little crazy right now. So, uh, but I'm glad we were able to record this because these are fun. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I like to, I like talking about this stuff because it's like I love movies and TV, and I don't get to talk about it enough. Uh, yeah and i don't get to watch a lot of tv and i fall asleep during movies so for me like forcing myself to like sit and watch and enjoy something (laughs) is really fun perfect yeah you just have to start catching up on the other star wars movies i know i gotta finish lizzie mcguire season two first (laughs) all right right. (laughs) sounds good so all right if you guys are not following me on social media please do so on instagram and facebook at excess press podcast dot all right no i already said that <laughs> just find me at excess podcast on instagram and facebook and you could also check out uh, all the episodes at excess podcast.com uh if you have any questions or if you have any thoughts about this episode uh make sure you shoot me an email over at matt at excess podcast.com well all right well thanks for tuning in and for your support of the show this is matt and cj from the excess press podcast signing off until next time travelers We hope to see you next week. And remember to seize the future with excess. Bon voyage.